Awareness is power. And it could save your life. Welcome to our podcast, No Risks. I'm Heather. And I'm Lee. We're two moms, a lawyer and a nurse, who were brought together by a misfortune. Both our children were harmed by adverse drug reactions. The purpose of this podcast is to educate people on the risk of any health treatments you put in or on your body. We feel if we'd been properly informed and been our own experts, our children would not have been harmed. In today's world, with medicines being incentivized for profits, you need to educate yourself. Know the risk of health treatments, and it can protect yourself and your loved ones from being harmed. Welcome to today's podcast, The Bitter and the Sweet of Harmful Treatments. Today, Heather is in Vancouver, and we will be interviewing my daughter, Charlie, about her experience being poisoned with fluoroquinolones. She'll discuss the impact it had on her life, the challenges she faced, and how it encouraged her to pursue a degree in medicine. Hi, thank you for joining us again today. Um, today, we're really lucky to have Charlie with us. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard us talk about Charlie in our podcasts and how she was harmed by the fluoroquinolones and was part of the reason, along with Heather's son, um, Shay, that got you know us going on this journey. Um, so when Charlie had that medication, she was only 13, and um, at the time, I really had to protect her from a lot of the information but over the years she's kind of grown more wise and done her own research and um, has actually even helped people that have reached out to her on social media but I think a lot of you may have heard from our previous podcast that Charlie and I really owe everything to Heather and her son Shay because what happened to him and he's not with us today um, but them's that story and Heather being at the FDA, getting the warnings on these fluoroquinolones is kind of um, gave Charlie and I, mostly me, credibility in fighting the journey for Charlie um, and recognizing that it actually was an adverse reaction to the fluoroquinolones when we were being told by numerous people that it couldn't be because she'd already finished taking it. Um, And so Charlie, you know, we're here today and it would be really great if you could just think back to maybe give us a little bit of history on like how you felt at that time, what you remember. Um, I know you were young and I know that it's kind of evolved, but maybe just start off by telling us back then Mm -hmm. what you remember. Um, I remember like right after getting the medication the next couple nights, I was like having really weird dreams and feeling really weird when I was sleeping, but I couldn't really describe the feeling. And I thought that it was just because I was fighting the infection. And then I remember going back to swim practice and doing backstroke and all of a sudden my elbows were literally in so much pain like I had never had that pain before mm-hmm. in my joints before and I was so confused but I thought oh maybe it's because I haven't swam in a while like I didn't know but I remember being in the car and telling my friend like I think I have bone deficiency like my mm-hmm. bones hurt like why do my bones hurt mm-hmm. and I didn't know and then I remember I went home and like told my mom and then I think she googled it and she saw like every single like warning and everything about it but she didn't tell me and Mm -hmm. she like and then I think that's when she realized like oh my god like this was the medication Mm -hmm. and then I think like I was so young I didn't really know what was going on Mm -hmm. I was like oh my goodness like I was 13 13 yeah Mm -hmm. so I didn't and I remember you telling me not to google it so I just never googled it Mm -hmm. but I just remember being like really 
I think like just sad because I wanted to swim and get back to swimming and I couldn't. And then like over the next few months, I just remember like going to like countless. I think like the worst part of the whole journey was going going to the hospital and like being told that it was in my head mm-hmm. and that I wasn't that mm-hmm. I was that either my I was crazy, my mom was crazy, mm-hmm. or like I have some sort of other like arthritis or some sort of other disease that I did not mm-hmm. have, mm-hmm. which was just really frustrating trying mm-hmm. to like go get help and then they don't even believe that you have a fr- problem in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like going to like countless doctor's offices after school, countless like appointments after school, not going to swimming. I remember my friends like texting me like, are you alive? What's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't really know what's happening, but... I'm getting better, but it was, like, a long six months, I would say, of, like, a lot of suffering. I think I remember you, um, one of the things that Charlie experienced was that she was so scared to stay home alone, and I couldn't figure it out, and you would wake up all night and be, I can't sleep, I'm scared, I'm scared to be in my room, and, and we didn't know what you were scared of. I kept asking you, what are you scared of? I thought it was maybe because she was in so much pain. You were scared of that, but... No, it was literally just, like, I remember, like, lying on the couch, and you would be, like, I'm just going out. It's, like, the middle of the day, and I would just, like, have, like, so much fear that something bad was going to happen, but I didn't know what. And maybe at that age, because I I know Shay complained a lot about anxiety, Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, at a younger age, it... That she couldn't explain like it that way, but now or... reflecting back and mm-hmm. knowing that that was one of the warnings mm-hmm. or indications, it definitely makes sense. That's what she was experiencing mm-hmm. was it was another side effect of the drug. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a reaction to the pain she was having, um, but it was definitely you were having a side effect of the drug with this fear that you couldn't explain to me. I just remember being really scared. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine because, and I just want to go back a little bit because we talked a little bit, um, Lee had mentioned, you know, um, fighting to get these label changes and, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just a single effort. There were so many people who had been harmed mm-hmm. and one of the things that they really echo just like Charlie does is just has a victim who's actually experiencing this. If you could just imagine how confusing and afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that's that cause causes even more anxiety yeah. from the exa- anxiety you're having from the drug. But then to put on top of that, as you mentioned, going to healthcare providers, going to doctors, and having them essentially um, not believe you. I mean, that's humiliating because you're afraid. Yeah. You know, and and you know they don't believe you. And, you know, thank God for your mother, Charlie, Mm -hmm. because, you know, what happened to Shay and a lot of the people I've spoken to who have fought so hard to um, get the labeling and create awareness of this is um, not getting kind of pushed into the mental health system because um, that is a, a system I know in the United States where, um, it's 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 heavily dependent on medications. Yeah. And if you're having a toxic reaction to a medication, that needs to be addressed before other medications are put on it. In my son's case, um, which of course ended up being fatal, um, 
it was when he experienced some of the things Charlie's talking about with us, he was just giving more pills on top of that, which really increased the toxicity he was having. We know that now um, from the Leviquin. So just how fortunate you are um, but, to be here and doing so seem, well. We were fortunate to not end up in the mental health. And I think it could have easily have gone that way. If we would have seen just one more doctor, it could have gone that way. Yeah. But there were numerous doctors that wanted you to be on anti-inflammatories and, and steroids. and Every time we went in there, they're just like, oh, just take some Advil. Mm-hmm. And, and we, steroids and too, steroids. which is counterproductive, we've learned. But mm-hmm. the whole thing that we've learned is, okay, so the Advil is just going to stop the pain temporarily. but mm-hmm. And in this case, luckily we didn't because it would have made it 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. But why was I having this pain? They didn't mm-hmm. want to uncover that. They just wanted to f- treat the symptoms. And luckily, you mm-hmm. were perseverant and said, no, we're not taking those. We actually like figured out what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's the key in all this, is not just treating a symptom with another, in this case, drug treatment, um, rather than getting to the root of the problem and trying right. to address that. So what I think would be excellent for all our, our listeners is, you know... Um, I know you two went to great lengths, um, Lee did, to get treatment to address the toxicity. And I was just wondering if either you or Charlie can kind of talk about that. I know it took quite a while um, to get to the point where you were feeling back to yourself, yours in fact. But Mm -hmm. can you both just kind of talk a little bit about how, Mm -hmm. what that process was Mm -hmm. like? Do you want to talk about that? Um, I remember like we went to some naturopaths and then finally they started like having the right direction and then we went to another like a functional medicine doctor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he had dealt with patients who had had this before and so I started getting like IV vitamin C, IV glutathione, um, IV vitamin B and IV magnesium, Mm -hmm. all things that were like gonna help like my body with the toxicity. Do you want to add more? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not going to advocate what worked for Charlie for everyone. You, you do need to see your own um, mm. health practitioner. But one of the things that kind of I learned early on was that the magnesium in the very beginning is so important because it actually will help to draw out the fluoroquinolone. Um, mm. So it kind of counteracts so much so that on the labeling of the medication, it says don't take it with magnesium because it won't work as well. So that was one of the things, and 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 I think it works mostly if you catch it early on, which immediately, I mean, it wasn't immediately because she just finished a full course of it, but um, within a day or two of her stopping and then realizing, connecting all the symptoms, mm-hmm. we did get her on this magnesium, high doses of magnesium, mm-hmm. and I think that that really did help her. But the journey has been mostly holistic with supplements and vitamins and um, and. And I think this came out in the European Medical Union meeting where mm-hmm. a lot of people spoke out about the fluoroquinolones and their experiences, similar to the FDA mm-hmm. hearing that you were at, is that they get worse when they eat um, certain food, especially meat. Mm-hmm. And it's come, like, I guess 80% of the world's antibiotics are fed to our livestock. So yeah. the likelihood of having like a setback um, with your fluoroquinolone toxicity is really high if you're eating um, non-organic meat that has potentially been given those those antibiotics because you're getting another dose again. And, um, you know, certain people obviously are more susceptible. It is a harmful drug to everyone, 
but different people will sometimes react on the first pill. Sometimes it takes a couple pills. Sometimes people have had a course of it and then it's the second course. Mm -hmm. It does vary um, per person, but you know, in the end, it's a really, really dangerous drug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's an important part, especially in the United States with um, much of our meat coming, probably the majority from factory farming, you could almost be assured um, that they're using fluoroquinolones yeah. in the livestock. And that was something I was shocked also to see in your, you know, that there's an awareness of that in, in Europe, that there's not in the States. Yeah. If you're trying to, um, you know, address that issue. Yeah. I actually think it came up as one of their recommendations in the, in the European yeah. Union to not have that, that meat because mm -hmm. it is, it is, it has been connected and there was enough people that made that connection. Yeah. And yeah. isn't it like illegal in certain countries already to feed their animals antibiotics and hormones? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the better ones, and I'm not an expert, is New Zealand. Um, yeah. Is not yeah. in the states yet, though. We yeah, have a, we have a long. I mean, way to so go. one of the things that we did, mm -hmm. and it's been it's not been a cheap journey. I will mm -hmm. um, I will say that we 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 had. I mean, you you just if we had to do whatever we had to do to get the money to make Charlie well, that's mm. what we were going to do. And um, the supplements are very expensive. The functional medicine doctors, unfortunately, they're all private. Okay. Um, and um, and the food is expensive. Mm. It's expensive to eat that um, organic meat. And she also, um, because of her gastrointestinal issues, she had a, a lot of issues with that. So she couldn't, we, we couldn't go on dairy, mm -hmm. um, Gluten, gluten grains. grains. She was on a very like um, basic diet, really, to try and heal your gut. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, we did do some stool testing that kind of um, showed the the um, the healthy bacteria. Certain mm -hmm. ones strains had been completely wiped out in her gut, mm -hmm. which explained all, a lot of the stuff that she was experiencing. Yeah, yeah I know Shay had tremendous difficulties. Um, digestive issues, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, manifesting um, and all kinds of just horrific other symptoms in the body. It's like when one system is messed up, you know, um, he also had a lot um, developed a heart arrhythmia, yes. um, which is very, very, very common. Um, it just to, you know, go back to him a little bit, you know, it was so fortunate that Charlie had her mother um, to help navigate this for her. You know, in Shay's case, he was a young man in college, but really just connected the dots on his own, you know, and looked it up. It was just just so unfortunate um, for him that um, it's so difficult to, to get people to listen to you and, um, you know, to really address the issue. I know just about everyone got... Shay had tried to discuss this with even us as his family said talk to your doctor you know I, I, I know all this stuff now but I didn't back then but how mm -hmm. you know fortunate Charlie was to have um, that support mm -hmm. system and one of the most important things you know that you said because I know treatments can be specific and you really have to seek out we're not promoting one or the other but mm -hmm. the most important thing that you need to do and if this doesn't happen, you need to walk out and get away from that care provider. And, and what Charlie said, they finally found people who listened to them, you know, who mm -hmm. said, you know what, this, this is, this is right, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, 
Charlie knew something was wrong. She was able to connect it to the drug, even at that young age. Um, her, her mother connected the dots. Um, you know, we really need health professionals, especially doctors, to um, educate themselves about the drugs they're giving out and what the potential side effects are. Mm -hmm. Because I think the epidemic, you know, we talk about different treatments um, and, and the dangers of them and, and many of our, you know, mm -hmm. that, that, that's our primary topic here, but mm -hmm. just the fact that it's so hard to even have them acknowledge. So the first step, I think, and I think that that would have really changed the course of what happened to my son, Shay, is if someone would have just, a healthcare provider would have just acknowledged, Listen, this is it. Yeah. You're, you're right. Even just for his own, um, you know, he was just that sense of desperation. For, yeah. for not having that validation, someone made, th this is what's going on. I don't have bipolar disorder. I don't have generalized anxiety. You know, mm -hmm. I have a reaction from my treatment. A drug mm -hmm. made me sick. You know, what are we going to do about it? That might be individualized, but just getting to that gateway to, to open that conversation could help so many people. Well, I, I agree, and I do remember one incident. Do you remember that, Charlie, when we were at um, the Children's Hospital here? And I know it's part of their protocol, but they actually asked me to leave the room, and they were asking you, do you remember what they were asking you? you were so they, were, they were asking me, like, uh, is your mom making you take these supplements? Is your mom doing this? And they were, like, questioning if I had an eating disorder and, like, mm -hmm. all this random stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah, that was one doctor. Blame Char the parent. Charlie you know, lost the parent. a lot of weight because yeah. she couldn't she wasn't actually what we found is she had, you know, gut issues, so she wasn't absorbing any nutrients from the food mm. that she was eating, so she lost a lot of weight. And one doctor that we saw um met her once and just because she was underweight wrote it in my um, chart. Wrote that potent mm -hmm. should be worked up for an eating disorder. And so it yeah. And that it stays so, in her record for Oh it does. And then the only reason I know that is because we actually went down a legal lawsuit and mm -hmm. we actually had to request those. It was actually appalling what was written in those medical records. Mm -hmm. Um but the other thing that I was gonna mention is a lot of people are harmed for a really long time mm -hmm. um, with this medication. Um, it's actually a known disability now in the U.S., the fluoroquinolone-associated mm -hmm. disability. Mm -hmm. But there are people that get better. Mm -hmm. And the way to get better is by not adding more drugs mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to do things really clean, not having a load of another load of toxins on your body mm -hmm. and so had somebody listen to Shay and and so many others that have lost their lives because of this it's because they weren't heard and the wrong things were you know not were being done mm -hmm. um not saying that that's the case for everyone because I know that there's people that do all this and I have talked to some of them they've done everything and they're still suffering it is just horrific that you know but in his scenario, I do unfortunately believe that had he been heard, like mm -hmm. you said, um, you know, it could have been a different fate for him. Well, yeah. And it's a lot, you know, if you can imagine, you know, going, Charlie, you know, going through what you went through, 
having all these strange things happening in your mind and your body and telling people and no one believing you. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't get my son's medical records till after he had passed away. Mm -hmm. And it was just very, um, it was just devastating to see. I could hear him telling, you know, like it was in the notes, this, you know, I had trouble breathing. It's always there in the, you know, allergies. This Leviquin, you know, he's saying it. And it's in all of them. Yeah. And no one, no one even listened, yeah. you know, to even explore that. And he also, it was put in his records, very common, that um, he had an eating disorder. He had an eating disorder. He couldn't eat. You know, this does such... Um, devastation to the gut mm -hmm. that you know you don't even want to eat I you mm -hmm. know I just remember it was so hard and you're not absorbing the nutrients yeah. as well I would mm -hmm. eat anything and just I would look so six thin. months pregnant yeah oh yeah you were thin but you would be so bloated yeah, yeah constipation I mean it's just horrible you know what these drugs can do to you and you know I think in both um, Charlie's case and my son's case you know if you if if you sit down and read the labeling, which our um, doctors should be obligated to do, you know, if you're going to prescribe this, know what you're prescribing. But these are heavy duty drugs. This is for anthrax exposure, um, exposure to the plague, mm. um, very serious pneumonia. You know, for my son, it was a, a prophylactic. You know, in Charlie's case, it was a very minor issue yeah. that could have been, you know, handled probably topically. You know, she yeah. had some a, a issue on her foot, could have been athlete's foot. You know, who, this is not yeah. something you give this heavy duty drug for. And it's just really um, still, it's just unbelievable that someone who has a knowledge of medicine um, I, I just can't believe that a doctor who had actually sat down and looked at the labeling and did a little research, you know, maybe a few minutes on, on Google, um, would even want to take the risk of prescribing this drug, especially to a young person. My son was 18, you know, Charlie was 13. This is, that, this is just madness, Yeah. you know, and all the lives and all the the young people, the elderly people who take these drugs who end up in the mental health system, is there really a mental health issue? Or is this a treatment-induced, you know, mm -hmm. illness? Well, I think, too, we had two young, young, younger, healthy. Yes, healthy. Um, individuals so I know that was Charlie's scenario in in our lawsuit is that she went from being a top athlete perfectly mm -hmm. healthy to within um you know days of starting this um having symptoms but if you were an elderly person and I do know a friend that's a doctor that had been prescribing these medications but in in a scenario it was always elderly mm -hmm. and has since stopped um but their symptoms, like a lot of the symptoms would just be, could be attributed to old age, like confusion, mm -hmm. anxiety, joint dementia, joint yeah, pain, arthritis. heart issues. I mean, mm -hmm. all those things, um, are they going to be heard? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 we, we really need to re-examine this and we really need to also do a screen when someone comes in and, and there's a diagnosis to be made. And don't get me wrong, you know, doctors may make their initial diagnoses, um, 
and go with that. But when it becomes obvious that the patient is not getting better, you know, that it becomes obvious the treatment is actually destructive. Our health system has a really hard time acknowledging that. And it has to be some underlying illness as opposed to the drug or the treatment, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's what's so frustrating about this. And, and like I said, I just can't imagine what Shay went through, you know, providing all of this. His care providers had an exceptional opportunity with him because he was so interested in his health and so insightful about what was going on with him. Mm -hmm. Similar to, to Charlie, he was just a little older. They could have learned so much mm -hmm. about how to treat this. Because quite frankly, they, we still don't know, you know? Mm -hmm. It was fortunate um, for Lee and Charlie that they were able to find some providers and, and some treatments had some really positive effects. Mm -hmm. And she was able to get back on the road to health because of her resilience, you know, she, and where she, her starting point, which yeah. is, was such a healthy young person. Um, and I think too, one of the things that helped Charlie, um, unlike so many others mm -hmm. is that she was protected from all the negative information that I was learning and reading. Yeah. And I, I feel awful for the people out there that are, you know, independent individuals, one girl I know mm -hmm. um, that I was connected with um, in Germany, and they lose their jobs mm -hmm. and they lose their houses or source of income. They have to, act, they're sick, mm -hmm. and then they have to try and advocate for themselves. And it's they're a lot not of times believed. their families don't, you know, yeah, what I mean? and they it's have just... to read. I didn't sleep for months. If I wasn't caring for her, I was researching, researching, talking to people. Mm -hmm. The stuff I read of people being crippled into wheelchairs or, mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of mental health, like anxiety and stuff, I I had to protect her from that. And I do believe that that negative information will impact people from healing as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Because they're having to deal with the whole Everything thing. on their own. I was able to alleviate some of that burden mm -hmm. for Charlie. She She didn't have all that. All I told her was... You know, this has happened and, um, you know, out of this, we're going to learn so much about being healthy and you're going to be stronger than ever and you're going to get better. It's just going to take time. But yeah. And I just want to point out for both of our kids. And again, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I didn't um, have knowledge of this while my, my son was suffering as, as he was. But if you because we just this information is just not readily accessible um, until in most cases, some something happens to yourself or someone in your family that gives you that awareness to start digging. Um, but even, um, you know, when I did a, a FAIRS request for the um, FDA in the United States, the um, Food and Drug Administration, mm -hmm. the adverse event reporting, you know, my son's symptoms and pretty much now the black box warning, just read like a roadmap for exactly oh, yeah. what he went through. It's and Charlie true. too. I mean, you just see the reports and we know those are underreported, but anxiety, the digestive issues, the joint issues. I mean, what, what motivation, you know, I just want to ask healthcare providers and doctors, what motivation would someone have 
to fabricate all this. You know what I mean? It just doesn't yeah. even make sense. I mean, what, how, why is this such a threat um, to the healthcare industry? I think that's one of the most important questions we really need to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. Why is this so hard to believe people? You know, we have people self-reporting it. We've met a host of, of people on our journey yeah. who have been fighting this for years. I mean, this has been going on, you know, 25 but years. I think and, and my son should be alive because no one listened to them. Yeah. You know, it just, we can't get it out there. And we need to really, I have a, I have a pretty good um, theory about why it keeps happening. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with profits and incentivizing different sorts of treatment. But then you look at that at the le level of your doctor-patient relationship, you know, and you wonder, do you want to be that jaded? Like, is it really that perverse? Well, I think the problem is, um, you know, the information is not getting to a lot of these doctors. Yeah. I know that they have an obligation mm -hmm. to keep up and, um, you know, but yeah. I don't think yeah. that the the blood there needs to, and I know that there's something that one of the doctors that we've just had on our podcast that's yeah. going to be coming is trying to make change on that. Signed, you know, signed informed consent. But what you have to remember, Lee, also though, is that in Charlie's case, and in my son's case, they told their doctors. They told them. That's so true. even if, even if, like I said, the doctor doesn't want to, you know. I don't think that's the diagnosis. I'm going to go with what I think is right. You know, people suffering from this are not going to fare well when other medications are piled on top of it. They're going to continue having these problems, and they're probably going to be magnified. Um, but we still have an industry, and I can only speak about the states because that's, you know, that's been my experience, that just really um, there's a real resistance to acknowledge that an actual treatment can, can harm you in this way, even though all the evidence is laid out right right there yeah. for us. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I think we should talk about now as a great lead-in, because I'm so yeah. proud of her, I know. about why this story is just so wonderful and for all the loss that my family experiences and you know how difficult it was to kind of after grieving a son, try to do this direction because I really just, it was very difficult. You know, we've talked about pursuing lawsuits and pursuing, just trying to get some justice. Um, and it's it's made the whole grieving process have to take kind of second, second chair. But hearing Charlie's story really made that all worthwhile. So if Charlie can kind of share what she's doing with her life now and what she's going to be in the future. Okay. <laughs> So basically, after like this whole journey happened, I was like, my number one thing was like, I don't want anybody, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. And I don't want anyone to walk into a doctor's office and feel that they can't share what's going on or like they can't, the doctor's not going to believe them. And so that it kind of really inspired me. And then also like the journey of healing through natural things as well kind of inspired me. Like, I really want to be a doctor that looks at everything and looks at the root cause of everything um, and not just piling on medications, um, but also looking, okay, why do we need to, why, what's going on in your body in the first place? How can we, how can we help heal you naturally? And then if we need medications, okay, but let's look at the side effects. Let's look at your genetics. Let's look at everything before we make a treatment. 
um, plan. So I did apply to um, a direct entry medical program in Australia. Yay. Yay. And I got in. <laughs> Yay. And she's in it now. Yes. Yay. So I'm in that program now. And I'm really, really excited. And there's so much learning to be had, but I'm just on the beginning of the, my journey in mm-hmm. this. But I'm very excited to be. You will be my doctor one day. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you yeah. that. Yeah, but that's yeah. really what it's all about. It's taking this, you know, and I just really want to acknowledge and I know that that Lee's met so many people too you know just the importance the importance of why we're doing this podcast the importance of sharing the stories no matter how hard it is because they save people's lives and we have to get rid of the get you know past this idea that just because I might not have you know Lee has a medical background I don't I'm a lawyer but you know we can read we can we can talk to others we can um identify with others experiences and and no symptoms and and you know we could do our own research do we need doctors absolutely yes but we need more that are going to be um the type that i know most definitely charlie's going to be it's a relationship yes. with a yeah. patient and a doctor it's not like the doctor's telling you what to do it's really mm-hmm. like a collaborative experience on your health and that is what is at the heart of informed consent and that's another topic that we really talk about Mm -hmm. but if you don't have that relationship there is just no way possible that an informed consent can happen so i'm so proud of you charlie (laughs) so proud thank you for being with us today thank you we're gonna have you again in the future we're so proud of you yes Anyways, thank you for joining us. Check us out on some of our other podcasts and our website at norisk.org. And yeah, we're just so thankful for all our listeners. And thankful that Charlie's with us today. Yay. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of No Risk. And remember, being your own expert is the best way to prevent yourself or your loved one from being harmed. And please join us for future podcasts and help support us by subscribing, providing some feedback, and of course, giving us a five-star rating. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at No Risks, and check us out on our website at norisks.org, where you can read our stories, suggest future topics, and share your stories.